Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome in to this edition of College Football Smothered and Covered. My name is Barrett Salee. You can follow me on social media at Barrett Salee. Two R's, two T's, two L's, and two E's. Any social media platform I will be there. If you like this show, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube and Rumble. This will be posted later at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. It will be there. My colleague at SiriusXM, Tom Luganville, will be coming up a little bit later in the show. You know, Lugs and I work together every single Sunday during the college football season. We'll catch up for about 20 minutes or so, talking everything from Ohio State and Michigan to Alabama to Florida, you name it. We will talk about it. Oh, National Signing Day is next Wednesday. Tom has a lot to do with ESPN's coverage of traditional National Signing Day. But this Tennessee story, man, it keeps getting better and better. Uh, it really does. I absolutely love that Tennessee is going absolutely scorched earth. And for those who, I don't know how you missed it, but for those who missed it a couple days ago, Tennessee and Virginia filing suit against the NCAA for these investigations regarding NIL practices. And look, Spire Sports Group, that's not the booster club for Tennessee. So these people say, oh, you can't have different groups paying for official visits. This is not Tennessee's official group. This is not Tennessee's collective. It's a marketing group. Tom Mars is involved. He loves a For those who don't know who Tom Mars is, he knows a little bit about what is and isn't allowed by NCAA rules. Now, Danny White, the athletic director for Tennessee, the statement he released yesterday is absolutely incredible. Check this out. The NCAA generally does not comment on infraction cases because there is no rule against it. However, that has not stopped them in the past from leaking information to the media as they did this week about us. Their actions made ill-conceived investigations public and forced us to defend ourselves, which they did very well. It's clear that the NCAA staff does not understand what is happening at the campus level over the country in the NIL space after reviewing thousands of Tennessee coach and personnel phone records, NCAA investigators didn't find a single NIL violation. So they moved the goalpost to fit a predetermined outcome. They are stating that the nebulous, contradictory NL guidelines written by the NCAA, not the membership, doesn't matter, don't matter, I should say, and applying the old booster bylaws to collectives. If that's, that's the case, then 100%. 100% of the major programs in college athletics have significant violations. Now, you can read more of this, Danny White. I didn't, I didn't read the whole thing, but you saw it up there on the screen. He's going scorched earth, and I'm here for every single minute of it. Tennessee is the one. Tennessee is the school that is the change agent. 
you know, we, we have had issues. The NCAA has has irked schools here and there. You know, schools have mentioned that the NCAA is is irrelevant and things like that in the past. But you don't have that change agent. You haven't had that one school, that one team that basically is saying, screw it, we're all in. The NCAA hates us, they hate us. But I think when you look at what Tennessee is doing, every single school out there, every major program is like, yes, do it, do it. And it's happening. Is this the reason? Is this the the cause of the downfall? Is this the, the first step that leads to the downfall of the NCAA? I think it is. I truly think it is. And, and I compare it to what Florida State and the Magnificent Seven, which is a stupid name, uh, did a couple years ago trying to get out of the ACC. Florida State was the vocal one. Everybody else that wanted to leave the ACC was like, yeah, you, you speak for us. You do it. That's what's happening on a much bigger scale right now with the NCAA. I, Tennessee, I, I, you know, Tennessee fans have had a love-hate relationship with me. I was with you on Chiano Sunday. I don't think you need to complain about Alabama's departure. Thought, oh, look, we're up and down. We have a, a very volatile relationship, vol Twitter. But your AD is doing the right thing right now. You already know Virginia's on board. Hell, they signed the suit with the state of Tennessee. So all those Virginia schools are on board. But every single school in every single major conference right now, I guarantee you, is sending emails. They're sending texts. They're making phone calls to administrators at the University of Tennessee. And they're saying, keep going, keep going, keep doing it. Keep doing what you do. Because right now, Tennessee is at the forefront. And I love every single second of it. A reminder, if you like this show, subscribe on YouTube, Rumble, wherever you get your audio podcasts. We are starting out. This is only the uh, third episode back from a five-year hiatus. We've rebranded, obviously, to college football smothered and covered, not SEC smothered and covered. So please... If you can, I really, really appreciate uh, you following this show. Last thing before we get to Tom Lugan, Bill, Alex Grinch has a, another job. The guy who was laughed at at USC, the guy who we thought was one of the best defensive coordinators in the country a few years ago, four or five years ago. Then he got laughed at at USC. Wisconsin, you know, he's your co-DC. He's your safeties coach. I hope you are ready. For safeties to miss tackles because they're going to miss a lot of tackles. Alex Grinch basically flat out refused to teach fundamentally how you play the game. I don't think he's going to change. I really don't. So Wisconsin, good luck. Good luck with that. Don't know if it's going to work out. It's Friday, but... Why don't we have college sports Sunday on a Friday afternoon? Tom Luganville, he leaves <laughs> me during the offseason. I missed you the last couple of weeks on the show. We got to talk basketball during basketball season. But Ooh, it's never it, not football season. It, it, Barrett. When is everybody going to figure this out? 
it is never not the last two weeks have shown us that it really is never <laughs> not football season because good lord things yep. are starting to happen but okay let's first things first the the news Last week that Jim Harbaugh was leaving, Sharon Moore goes up to uh, head coach, gets promoted. I don't think anybody really was surprised that all this has happened. No. But considering the roster attrition and a head coach who's coached, what, three and a half games for Michigan, where where is Michigan right now? Because you and I, about five years ago, we had the Jim Harbaugh segment where we basically ripped Jim Harbaugh for 15 minutes that changed obviously the last couple of years. Where is yeah. Michigan now? Well, let me tell you something, and, and I'm not I'm not saying that it was a guarantee that Sharon Moore was going to be named the head coach once Jim Harbaugh left, but I do think the mass exodus out of Tuscaloosa and what everybody saw when that happened with Alabama, maybe the University of Michigan says, "Hey, listen, we've got a nice little solution here." And hopefully it will help keep everything intact. I mean, they're going to have losses to the National Football League draft. They're going to have uh, losses due to graduation with players that, you know, won't ever play professional football. They're going to have transfer portal, obviously, guys. That's just human nature. That's, that's part of the game now, right? But I wouldn't be surprised if that didn't help him secure the job. Because you and I talked, I mean, listen, and I'm not taking away from Shrum Moore at all. And 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 especially at the on the road at Penn State, they deserve a lot of credit on that one. But... I've said jokingly that a chick monk, a chipmunk could have coached those games <laughs> that he had to coach when you consider those opponents and you consider the roster that Sharon Moore was was tasked with leading. And so I think a little bit of that record gets a little overinflated uh, because of the discrepancy in talent between teams. But I think that the other part of this with Sean Moore is the locker room wanted him to be the head coach yeah and if that's the case and your administration gets a sense of that it's not only you know sometimes i think these moves barrett are are, are comfort hires right you do the easy thing because it makes everybody comfortable at least in the interim and you may find out that it's a really bad hire in the long term i don't know if that's the case here but it was just a lot of pieces of the puzzle that seemed to fit for this to happen yeah, and it's interesting. You mentioned, you know, the locker room wanting him. We've seen that at LSU with Ed Orgeron. Obviously, yep. the end did not go well, but they won a national championship. Yeah. We've seen it with Ed Orgeron at USC, Clay Helton at USC. We've seen that in a bunch of different places. With that said, with Michigan roster, you know, the roster attrition, all the other stuff, with Ohio State versus Michigan, who should be the favorite in the Big Ten? Or is it one of the newbies? Because – I've kind of gone back and forth with all of this, but considering what's happened at Ohio State over the course of the last three, four weeks with uh, the 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 influx of really yeah. good players, I'm kind of leaning towards Ohio State or perhaps Oregon. By the way, I have to ask you a question. I was a little disappointed in you. Full disclosure, which is why did you have to? How did you have? <laughs> why did you have to clarify? your Will Howard, Kyle McCork comments that were so spot on. Okay. <laughs> it was 100% correct. It was 100%. Like, okay, for those yesterday's show and last month, I guess, on Twitter, I said that both of them were like burritos. Will Howard was like Chipotle and, and Kyle McCord was, yeah. was Moe's. And you're sort of getting the same thing from either of them. And P Ohio State fans, like, you know how relentless we talk to them all the time on the radio. How could you say that? Blah, blah, blah. They're, they're completely different players. And it's like, no, they're get, you're getting the same satisfaction from yes. them. Yes. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. And listen, I'll say this about 
Ohio State, as we talk about, you know, favorites and things of that nature. Um, I, I'm kind of with you on Oregon. Now, I'm with you on Oregon if Dylan Gabriel continues to ascend. Because if you watch Dylan Gabriel in year one at Oklahoma, he was above average. It kind of looked like he was a group of five quarterback trying to play power five football and just wasn't good enough. And then this yeah. last fall, we had him a couple of times with our crew. He he played out of his mind. He played really good. They had a lot better players around him, but he played really well. It looked like he belonged. They won some games because of him. Um, and then the uh, the move to Oregon with the players that they're going to have around him and the explosiveness, I think they're going to be good enough in the trenches. I would probably lean towards them, but I'll say this about Ohio State. And and because I spent a month watching them leading up to the to the Cotton Bowl and then seeing them in person in the Cotton Bowl, they have a they may or may not have a quarterback problem in the sense that okay you think Will Howard who's won a Big Twelve championships played really good football got better and better and better his entire career there, but then at the end of the day, kind of got beat out by a true freshman. Yeah, right? so he now, wasn't going to start. He was not going to start at Kansas. Right, right, and, and and that's fine. But he's played a lot, so now he comes into Ohio State. But the players that Will Howard's going to have around him and the players, you know, I know you, you lose Mar- Marvin Harrison, but as a collective group, yeah. um, offensively and defensively, they might have the best top-to-bottom roster in the Big Ten to kick off the kick off the season. Does, does that always translate to having the best performance each and every week on the team? Maybe not, but I know this. I think with, with Ryan Day and that coaching staff and what they've done in name, image, and likeness, my only fear in all of this is you go out and you push all your chips to the table, bro, and you are just doling out dollar bills, dollar bills, dollar bills, and you start to worry about player motivation, right? Because yep. now you're going to go out and pay all these guys. Well, they better come in and be at Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. advertised you ain't paying them to lose to michigan you ain't paying them to lose to sc or oregon you're paying them or ucla you are paying them to go undefeated let's let's not make any mistake about this so you need those players to be mature enough to realize that whatever amount of money they got they better friggin' perform that would be my only concern with ohio state well, and it's interesting too. And and I did a segment yesterday about how these teams are going all in for the first 12 team college playoff. And, and yeah. I said, look, Ohio state essentially ascended to where it is because they won the first four team college football playoff. That's why yeah. next year is so interesting. And that's exactly what I said about Ole Miss as well, going all in and saying, you know what? Screw it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But the boost you could get from yeah. this next 12-team college football playoff is, is so interesting. And, and let's flip it now to, to Alabama because half their roster, it seems like, left. And, and that yeah. sucks. I mean, you know, it's Isaiah Bond leaving Caleb Downs, Julius Say, Like, yeah. it sucks. These are NFL half. players now we're talking about. 
Yes. Even, yeah, even absolutely. the running back, Roydell Williams, went to Florida State, is a friggin' dude. Nick Saban yeah. told me in the middle of the year, he said, it's the best five running back room we've ever had here at Alabama. I don't, I don't doubt it. Yeah. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. And because of that, because the exodus and Nick Saban's gone, obviously, and Kalen DeBoer's a winner, but he's an outsider. So a lot of oh, yeah. people in our neck of the woods are sort of back and forth, I guess, yeah. a little bit on Alabama. I said that I think personally Ole Miss is better, Georgia's better, and and I think right now it you sort of wonder where can Alabama be? Do you right. I mean what what should the expectation be going into the 12 team playoff? Um well, I, I still think they're going to have a core nucleus, a foundation that is still there of, you know, elite players and maybe some elite players that haven't emerged yet, but they were just young or just came into the program and they're still within the program. They're probably going to have to rely on a lot of new faces playing very, very big roles, right? Or maybe the first time in 17 years, I guess you could say. I mean, obviously you've got Jalen Milrow. You've got the proof in the pudding of what the the Kalen DeBoer and Ryan Grubb offense is in terms of going all the way back to Sioux Falls uh, yeah. and winning national championships at the Division II level all the way up to Indiana and then Fresno State with Jay Kaner, of course, Washington with Michael Penix. So you've, you've got the X's and O's, you've got the tried and true scheme, and you got a guy that's won everywhere he's been. The question is, how quickly can you develop players into prominent roles and I think the even bigger question, we're having this conversation right now, the bigger question is, is what type of conversation are we having about them in May? When spring football's done and the two-week window opens, they're, what I think does Alabama look right? right? I think they're going to absolutely kill it. I, I, I'm with you because I think what's going to happen, they're going to weed through everything, right? They're going to get through spring football, new coaching staff, new vision, new approach, different personalities totally different building there in Tuscaloosa than it's been the last 17 years. Now you get through spring ball and, and you're going to have a couple of things. Number one, you're going to ha have players that see the writing on the wall, right? And they know they don't have a future there. They're going to leave. Yeah. You're also going to see a bunch of other players come into the transfer portal. And remember, because of the coaching change rule, which I think stinks, this whole <laughs> entire time, Alabama in Washington, they're, they're having to play defense because even though your players can leave, you can't go actively get any of them, right? Yeah. So you're just sitting there watching them all walk out the door, and there's nothing you can do about it until May. So this conversation is probably a really interesting conversation in May when the, the next portal opens up. But I, I think they're going to be fine. I think what the, the problem is, Barrett, is it doesn't matter, like, it might not even matter how good Kalen DeBoer is because of what he's going to be judged against. And is yes. that is that even possible to succeed under that type of cloud? Like, it's it's almost unfair. Like, people talk about, oh, well, you know, you didn't want to follow Bobby Knight. You didn't want to follow Joe Paterno. You don't want to follow Bobby Bowden. Well, somebody's got to do it. Yeah. Right? And and <laughs> wouldn't you want a guy that's a really, really good, a really good football coach that's won everywhere, and now all of a sudden he has resources, unlike every every other place that he's ever been, I think it's a pretty good recipe. Time will tell. Yeah, but I, I think to me, the the expectation, Alabama's always been championship or bust, which I think was silly yes. to begin with. Yeah. And I think with Kalen DeBoer and everything that's happened with Nick leaving, 
the expectation for Alabama kind of has regressed and taken a step back to where everybody else in the country should have been to begin with. And that is be in the conversation for a playoff spot in mid to late November. And in, in the 12 team playoff, okay, maybe it is make the 12 team playoff every single season. But to me for Alabama, I wouldn't say you get a mulligan in year one for Kalen DeBoer. If you don't make the 12-team playoff, but you're in the conversation, that's okay. It's not ideal, but that's okay. And I think they'll be more than good enough to make that 12-team field, to be honest with you. I really do. See, I don't know. See, I don't know. Because in the SEC, Georgia, Texas, I think Ole Miss is better than than Alabama right now. I would agree. Georgia is, too. I don't know if Oklahoma is. I think Texas could be. Yeah, but obviously Uh, we don't know what Alabama will look like after the portal window. But, you know, whatever. Like right now, they're fourth or fifth to me. That might not get you in based on whatever happens around the country. It it might, you know, but it might not. So I don't know. I think it's just it's going to be interesting to see what happens um, with with that expectation. All right, let's let's switch gears. Let's go a little bit south to the University of Florida. Billy Napier is on the hot seat. I guess. I don't know. I maybe maybe it's not a guess. He is on the hot seat. He I absolutely think. is. And then the scheduling gods did him absolutely <laughs> no favors. And that's exactly what I want to talk about. Because <laughs> the scheduling gods did they hate <laughs> Billy Napier. Gosh. What, what I, I hate to put numbers on coaches that are on the hot seat because you know, seven and five, eight and four, like those can look different, right? Like an eight and four record for Billy Napier is phenomenal. Would oh, seven would seven and yeah would seven and five be okay if the seven looked good? Yes, if the teams that make that schedule look so difficult right now yeah. are actually really good. Like those teams can't falter, right? Like yeah. they need if they were to uh lose to so and so that everybody says it's so good, and lose to so and so that everybody says it's so good. And those two teams, whoever they may be end the season on three and four game losing streak. Like that would look, that would be bad. Like, so they, if you want seven and five, eight and four on that schedule right now, and you might have to do it with a true freshman quarterback and DJ Lagway, you're going to look like the coach of the year, in my opinion. But I do think those other teams have to be as advertised um, to, to help, I guess you could say the, the perception of all of that, man, it's schedule, man. I, I, <laughs> I don't think he can do it. Honestly, I don't think he can do it. I don't know how he's going to do it. A reminder, this show brought to you by Coastal Vibe Vacations. Get ready for the ultimate family adventure. With Coastal Vibe Vacations, dive into fun under the sun, build sandcastles on pristine beaches, and create lasting memories with your loved ones. Coastal Vibe Vacations, 850-888-0515, or visit them at CoastalVibeVacations.com. Tom Lugan, Bill Barrett, Sully with you, a Friday edition of College Sports Sunday. Okay, last thing. With you, Tom, you obviously cover recruiting National Signing Day coming up next week. Not as maybe as busy as it has been in the <laughs> past. What should we look at? One storyline going in to National Signing Day. Um, I would guess it's Ryan Williams, the reclassified wide receiver and that tug of war between Auburn and Alabama. He re um affirms his commitment to Alabama, which was a huge, huge thing for Kalen DeBoer. Now you got to get that pen to paper, man. I mean, that 
aside from that, you're so right. I mean, I, I look at this signing day as I've studied it over the last few years since we've gone to two signing periods, and now with this, the transfer portal and everything else, is it really becomes more about the group of five school, the lower tier power five school, mm-hmm. and the FCS schools fulfilling the entirety of their roster because that's really, for the most part, the caliber of player that's left over, right, Barrett? I mean, it's we went into December. If you took our ESPN 300, f- only 14 players had yet to verbally commit on that day. 14 out of the 300. Well, what is that telling me? It tells me that these kids are starting to wise up and they better cherish and value a scholarship because they're starting to realize the numbers are dwindling and the scholarships are going to go to transfer portal guys and they're going to go somewhere else. And so, and I, I listen, we're going to be uh, next Wednesday. We're going to look at a lot of the same things that we looked at at the end of the day, last December 20th. And that is where does everybody stand? Did a team add a player, a player or two, but is that player a difference maker style player? Are they even available? I say no, because they've already already signed. So, you know, I think a lot of that day will be discussion about the transfer portal. It'll be discussion about what happens when there's a coaching change in January. Because, I mean, this entire thing with that that head coaching change loophole, that changed everything yeah. in, in terms of uh, a handful of rosters out there. So, um, I it, it's, inter- it's interesting to me how we start to look, Barrett, at – what you have to do now once you sign a class, right? Yeah. Like the, the internal massaging of, and, and I always, I use these, these basically three phrases, recruit, develop, retain. Yeah. I would have never used that word over the last <laughs> 19 years, recruit, develop and retain. So now you get this class in place you still have to continue to recruit your current roster on a 365 day a year basis because you're trying to prevent them from going out the door. You're dealing with NIL, you're dealing with the winter conditioning program. Now you get into spring football to see what you got. And then you're in, you have this, this overwhelming feeling right from next Wednesday, which will be February 7th to when the second portal opens of who's going out the door and who can we go to get replaced? It's either an upgrade or on equal level talent. And so, It's a long-winded answer, but I I just think, you know, it's these types of discussions that are why the best and brightest coaches in the college profession are moving on to professional football. The best young personnel kids, when I say kids, early 20s at the collegiate level, GAs, quality control analysts that are all under the age of 25. We are losing more great potential football coaches to college football than we ever have before because they don't want to deal with all of this crap. Jeff Hathley did it. We'll see what happens with Chip Kelly, too, at UCLA. That's something to keep an eye on as well. Tom, it's been fun. College Sports Sunday on a Friday. Let's do it again. I got to bug you while you're on vacation. I love it. I'm never on vacation. I just (laughs) might be in parts unknown. That's true. Parts unknown for Tom. Appreciate it and enjoy National Signing Day. You're the best in the business. Thank you, man. All right, buddy. Thanks. A reminder, this show brought to you by Coastal Vibe Vacations. Get ready for the ultimate family adventure. With Coastal Vibe Vacations, dive into fun under the sun, build sandcastles on pristine beaches, and create lasting memories with your loved ones. Coastal Vibe Vacations, 850-888-0515, or visit them at coastalvibevacations.com. 
That'll do it for this edition of College Football Smothered and Covered. Appreciate you checking us out. Follow us on YouTube, Rumble. If you like the video portion of the show, you can also, of course, get this show in the audio form, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great, uh, great day, everyone. We'll see you on Monday. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.